I really enjoy that of like the live thing because in the theater or in a concert, like mm. particularly classical music, like mm. no one's ever going to stand up and go, this is fucking shit. <laughs> but in comedy, it can happen and yeah. does happen. I've had people say, you can't say that. I've had people say, you shouldn't be talking about that. That's not your place. I've had people say, boring, what's next? I've had people, no, don't, don't, I've boozed, fuck off, all that shit. And that's what's exciting. That's what makes it... You cool. welcome the hacklers. <laughs> Mate, bring it on, you little cunts. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to another episode of Finterviews. I'm your host, Connor Finn, and this is a podcast where I chat to the most interesting people I know. On the show this week, I was delighted to sit down for a hilarious chat with the brilliant Vittorio Angeloni. Now, if you're not familiar with Vittorio, he's an Irish comedian, originally from Belfast, now based in London, and he's a podcaster, he's a writer, content creator, and busy, just an all-around very sound human being. <laughs> We chatted all about Vittorio's journey from being a qualified percussionist to a podcaster, overcoming anxiety through comedy, our experiences as ceasefire babies and identity politics, and the struggles of forging your path in the comedy circuit whilst trying not to get cancelled online, which in Vittorio's experience has seemed to be uh, quite the struggle. <laughs> this episode, um, it kind of delves into everything I'm laughing throughout. Um, we have a lot of crack, but we get into some serious bits as well, which really usually isn't my most comfortable grinding to be in. But um, Vittorio was such an articulate and just well-rounded guest. And yeah, I think we uh, we, we kind of were able to discuss some things that I, I wouldn't usually be able to handle by myself. So uh, yeah, hopefully you guys uh, enjoy the change of tone this week. Um, but without further ado, please enjoy this latest episode of Interviews with the hilarious Vittorio Angeloni. Well, welcome back to another episode of Interviews. On the show this week, I'm delighted to welcome on the brilliant Vittorio Angeloni. How's it going? It's good, mate. How are you? <laughs> I'm not going to lie, I was shitting it again there just before I said your name. <laughs> I even, though, even, though we, even though we had like a full discussion about like, oh, just making sure I've got like your name right, don't want to embarrass yourself. Because you're like, but inhale I a breath. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so used to it though. Because like, look, doing comedy, there's always a host bringing you onto the stage. And I'm not like, I'm not at that Ramesh Ranganathan level where everyone knows how to pronounce his name. I'm at that bringing on stage and people going, Valentino Anagono. <laughs> <laughs> Napoleon Margarita, yeah. <laughs> they just get really blunt about it. They're like, whatever. <laughs> this fucking guy, who cares? <laughs> well, now we've got that out of the way. Jeez, yeah, that's the only hard. I don't get to say your name for the rest of the podcast. Yeah, that's uh, it. We're done. <laughs> No, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, we were just discussing about everything, about being cancelled and everything else. Just catching up. I mean, we're about, what, eight days into New Year and uh, already it's been uh, it's been a pleasure. Like, God, you're back in London. Yeah. I'm down in Dublin. So we're really, you know, fucking over this whole Brexit situation. <laughs> <laughs> One Zoom at a time. <laughs> but they didn't expect this. <laughs> uh, we're killing it. <laughs> But Make here, that Farage. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, he's actually like my one number one listener, little dude. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Big up Nigel. <laughs> <laughs> but for people that maybe don't know about yourself, Vittorio, like, um, rude, honestly, like, where have you been? Yeah, <laughs> maybe tell the audience or whoever's listening, tell Nigel for us a, a little bit about yourself, <laughs> where you're from and your background. Uh, yeah, I'll let you do the honors because I'm not going to butcher and be like, uh, th- I heard this is what you do. Uh, like, were you, didn't you like used to be a comedian? Now you're just like chatting kids on the internet. Uh, <laughs> chatting kids on the internet. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I'm so sorry. I'm a comedian, now pedophile, Vittorio Angeloni. Um, <laughs> Isn't that, I, uh, I thought I thought I usually worked the other way around. <laughs> Isn't it tragedy plus time in his comedy? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know of any former pedo comedians, but maybe we'll find out. <laughs> anyway, uh, who am I? I'm Vittorio. It's very nice to meet you. Um, <laughs> I am a comedian. Uh, I am a podcaster. I am a former classical musician. I am oh. uh, an all-around bastard, according to a lot of people on Twitter. <laughs> but um, I'm from Belfast. I'm half Italian. That's why I'm called Vittorio. Uh, if anyone from is from West Belfast, ask your parents if they ever went to Victor's Cafe and got an ice cream. That was my family's ice cream shop. <laughs> um, apart from that, yeah, comedian, podcaster. I write stuff sometimes, uh, but... <laughs> I read poems. Anyone want to read a poem? <laughs> <laughs> and now, of course, internet pedophile. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you have to like really tick off all the boxes here. Is it like 100%. this whole, this whole like new, like retrain, you know, like rebrand yourself, whole kind of thing. I'm retraining got- as a nonce. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what I'm trying to retrain myself out of because, like, I was trying to ride that train for ages and, like, apparently it's just, there's no money in it, man. Honestly. There's no money in nonsense. <laughs> there was in the 80s. Those nonsense were fucking minted. Oh, they knew what's happening. Oh, no, but, like, as you said, they're, like, I mean, comedians, like, stand up. Um, like, I would probably know you best from, it's funny, when I first kind of reached out to you, I actually first seen you when you were live, uh, did a show in Limelight. And then, yes. kind of since then, I was just kind of keeping up with, like, odd, like, <laughs> I think actually you're talking about getting shouted about as well on Instagram, but that was funny enough how you like I kind of got reintroduced into my life because didn't you do um the the broadcast? I did do the broadcast, um, <laughs> and it came up on like my Instagram or Twitter like just randomly, like and I was just like, that's hardly the same lad. <laughs> yeah, and then I was uh, like, that went <laughs> that went mad. The broadcast, so like. For those of you that haven't seen it, it's basically if Arlene Foster had a podcast, what would it sound like? Um, and I, I post on Twitter and it's like I do with everything. But one of them, like they all did really well and I was really happy with them. And it's like a character that I've done a few times since. But um, number one, people kept asking me if it was real. And I was like, the guy, the character is called William Hates the Gays. Like... <laughs> How dare you ask me if this is real? <laughs> like, what do you think's happening? I, th- I thought that was an Italian name. <laughs> <laughs> William had to sit again, you see? <laughs> but what... The weirdest thing happened... My mum was on a 
conference call for work and some guy was like oh my sons were watching this video yesterday and they were laughing their heads off and she was like right what was it and he was like well i went over and said what's that and they go it's called the broadcast and i was like what that's so bad <laughs> so it went around all mad whatsapp groups and all so i think that was episode four of it and um, mm. they're just little short sketches yeah the, the broadcast <laughs> that's so mad that you saw me at the limelight that was like a year or two into me doing comedy maybe like maybe just a year yeah and it was my first run of gigs back in belfast uh and like mad to think that you've been there since then and then the broadcast got you back in what a time to be alive that's so funny <laughs> yeah maybe i'm just a fucking stalker and i'm like yeah like i was actually there like right your viper show like ah yeah i'm just like really underplaying it <laughs> like everybody gets like spam accounts or do you know those ones that's like bots like comments under stuff be like oh hey baby if you want to see like fun pics yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. ask me so <laughs> <laughs> you're like that's mad that's been like going on for a couple of years as well yeah <laughs> like yeah or like do you know those like emails be like get like yeah i want some like hot dates or like win some money you're like god it's like funny connor whenever you're like emailed me with the questions in the zoom like it's like i already had like a chain mail from you it was, mm, it was a bit intense but um maybe you're that's that good- nigerian guy oh fuck <laughs> <laughs> oh don't tell anybody yeah that's it <laughs> but i mean from doing that like the broadcast and um even like your recent one right now it's um isn't it no blacks no dogs no irish or no is blacks, that the right no dogs no irish oh, yeah that's right. the right order Got we changed right order. it actually so the photo <clears throat> that's famous is no uh no blacks no irish no dogs no surrender but i no, so yeah, and that's at the bottom. You don't see that, but but uh, <laughs> but no, we I think no blacks, no dogs, no Irish sounds nicer, and that's the way I always heard it. So it's the no blacks, no dogs, no Irish podcast. So if you're a podcast fan, and like me and my uh, black friend Mo, we talk about <laughs> race a lot. <laughs> but that's been really fun because I do. I do the um, the Good Guy podcast as well, which is like, mm. it started, so I had a podcast before I started comedy um, and it was just interviewing people. It used to be called the 42 podcast. Now it's called the Good Guy podcast. Mm. Um, so that always felt like it had to be, because it started as like a more serious interview podcast. Yeah. Like it, it felt like it just had to be a bit more on it. And you could mess about and make jokes, but it just didn't have the space to properly really, really fuck around on. So... <laughs> branched out into just like just getting cancelled for racism every single week live on youtube so if you want to check that out i would recommend it i feel like do you know what i always try to do a bit of research with my guests beforehand be like make sure you know i've got like some things or if there's some like areas that like oh don't want to be like tiptoeing into but like jesus christ like it's it's hard to like you know <laughs> like how, how how many like different avenues or different platforms like am i supposed to track you getting cancelled on? Like, oh god it's every single one i'm gonna take them all off one by one and then you'll just see me like writing stuff in chalk on the street yeah it'd be like that episode of like black mirror what's that, like nosedive where there's like the like the girl did you ever see that one where she's like yes I, i'm 0.4 like, yeah yeah when you get rated and stuff that's yeah my whole life yeah 
<laughs> and that's why I have I got I got CBD gummies to try and stop the fucking anxiety of <laughs> everyone <laughs> online hating you. <laughs> Oh god, well, I mean, we'll see. Maybe, maybe this will be a bit cathartic. Yeah, whatever. Maybe I'll chuck back a couple of gummies in this. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I suppose like um, from like as you said, like you started off maybe doing a podcast, but like what like was that your like first kind of introduction? You're saying like obviously yeah, that was more like a serious interview. One's kind of kind of similar to this one. It kind of sounds like, um, <laughs> but like this one's really fun. So whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but like, was that kind of your first introduction? I suppose like into like comedy or like was it something like because like just from your personality and the way that even we were chatting before this even started like i feel like maybe it was like something that you'd like always had a passion for like drove towards like it seems like something that very much like you're lend yourself to quite easily was that like a case or was it very much that you just fell into it i so when i was in school i had really really severe anxiety and like took months off school in primary school because i like was scared of leaving the house and stuff yes and like it kind of like transferred a little bit when I was older. And then it was okay when I was like towards the end of secondary school, I had my little group of friends that I hung out with still couldn't really deal with crowds or anything like, but made it into school and did all the stuff. And then um, went to London, pretty much didn't talk for the first six months of uni, like just, just nothing. Just, uh, um, and what, uh, what did you go to, what were you studying? classical percussion so i was a classical musician that wasn't a joke um, <laughs> i actually wasn't sure to be honest but i never got i never got like performance anxiety for that stuff like i just did it it was just fine um so i was a i was a classical musician at the guild hall school of music and drama in london oh, um, which is like it's proper legit like like i trained with some of the best musicians in the world like it's nuts um I don't know why I was there, but it was like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I was good. Like I, it was never a mad passion of mine. I was just like, Oh, I want to go to uni. I'm good at this. Mm. Uh, I'll do it. Um, but I was good. I wasn't amazing, but I was like decent for the levels. So like, let's to, compared to Joe blogs, I'm fucking class, but oh, like okay. compared to the geniuses I was with, I was okay. <laughs> I was okay. Um, did that. And then, realized that i would never would never pay to see classical music because <laughs> it's shit <laughs> so i would i would be on stage at like the albert hall and be and look out into the audience and be like i don't know why you're here because <laughs> i wouldn't pay to see this <laughs> so why, so why would why would you pay i don't understand what's happening so then that's really demoralizing to like make something that you wouldn't like. So then I went, I went, I I like, I was like, well, what do I like? What do I, what do I like going to see? And if I'm going to be a performer, I should make the things that I would want to consume. So I really like podcasts. I started making a podcast. I really enjoyed theater. I auditioned for drama school, uh, a couple times didn't get in but don't worry about it it's fine um then, <laughs> i'm not bitter <laughs> fine fuck those guys but like it's fine um, <laughs> i do have a plan to do a fuck you tour of the uk where i go to every drama school that didn't let me in and i sell out their theater for a stand-up show um, 
<laughs> that's my only career goal. Um, <laughs> really Everything weird. else is anyway, just building blocks to get up to that. Like literally, yeah. <laughs> literally, I want to sell out the venue of anyone who's ever said no to me. <laughs> that's what I want to do. Um, so I did that, and then I was going to a lot of comedy shows in London. Um, and I was like, well, I really enjoy this. I'll give it a go. Put on a comedy night during Freshers Week and then hosted it. My, my first, yeah, so my first gig was in front of like 300 people in Freshers Week. And Jesus. I was just like, <laughs> didn't have any material. It was just calling people dickheads. <laughs> like, yeah. that was the whole But thing. like, at least at the end of each joke, you get to do the but on bunch. Like, do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah dickhead. Some <laughs> <laughs> verbal skills, do you know what I mean? That's what I, that's what I appreciate about it. <laughs> oh, Sorry, but I did on. that. And then. For a year, that was all I did. I just hosted comedy nights at the uni. Um, didn't write any material. Just got up on stage and just talked. Just just saw what happened. I was like, oh, I'll just talk and it'll be funny and it'll be fine. And then, so a year after that, I did my first like open mic five minute set. Um, and then it's been a couple of years since then. And yeah, probably you probably caught me somewhere in the middle of that at Limelight. Um, but that's how I, so that's how I got into comedy. It was like I was a performer already, and he kind of didn't like what I was doing, um, and then liked comedy and just thought, well, if I think that's a good motto for any artist or like content person is like uh, make stuff that you would want to watch mm. or listen to. Mm. That's that's how I ended up doing what i'm doing and it's really it's the best shit i mean stand-up comedy is so, so good it's so sick and do you know what's class you don't have to bring anything because i was a percussionist and you just have to carry so much stuff <laughs> but with stand-up comedy you just show up and someone gives you a microphone and you go okay ready to go people are like would you not do music in your comedy no thank you <laughs> that's what i'm trying to get away from god yeah <laughs> like lads you're very much not getting like the theme of this it's like i'm trying to just make this as easy for as i was possible like you know yeah give up whatever fucking was holding down back there like, jesus no no but like sure aren't you like trained like sure that's like a real benefit fuck off <laughs> yeah, <I'm fuming. laughs> but yeah like i suppose that was like one of the things like i, I had no idea that you did like all the you know that's was london like obviously like the music stuff like that but yeah that's funny that like obviously that's like how you got started <laughs> it was either to say you're like oh, i probably wouldn't like pay to watch myself before <laughs> so you're like well let's start know. let's just start like going to see you and chat and shit like but did you like not have like like anything prepared or anything would you like just go up there and be like no. well what's happening it's your boy from Belfast I would just get up and go uh, what like beforehand like, I'd be like I'll talk about this a bit I'll talk and like vaguely like but would always forget and then just do crowd work and I think that's how I ended up like the comedian that I am and someone mm. said that to me recently I was gigging with a comedian called Alfie Brown who's yeah. fucking amazing by the way he has an album on Spotify that everyone should listen to and um, so I was talking to him and I was like, oh yeah, so I emceed and just basically did crowd work for the first year. And he was like, oh, that's why you're like how you're like. And I was like, what? You can take like, that whatever way you want. He was like, it's a good thing. It's a good, it's a good thing. But I understand why you're who you are. Um, but that's like, I really enjoy that of like the live thing. Because in the theater or in a concert, like mm. particularly classical music, like mm. 
no one's ever going to stand up and go, this is fucking shit. (laughs) But in comedy, it can happen and does happen. I've had people say, you can't say that. I've had people say, you shouldn't be talking about that. That's not your place. I've had people say, boring, what's next? I've had people, no, don't, don't. I've boozed, fuck off, all that shit. And that's what's exciting. That's what makes it. You cool. welcome the hacklers. <laughs> Mate, bring it on, you little cunts. <laughs> See, that gives me, like, the way that you're saying is like, oh, you know, like, surely that kind of confrontation live in front of the car. I would think if somebody, you know, as you said, growing up, like, had, like, like, like severe, like, anxiety and stuff like this, surely that's what you, and, like, it's the so fucking, weird. like, that's, like, baptism by fire, but it's baptism by fucking, like, drunk, like, hacklers are just yeah. hurling abuse. Um, I don't and, know and it's, what and it's it not is. even, like, circumstantial. It's so personal to you as well. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, it's targeted to fuck. <laughs> I don't even know, like, why, because it doesn't make any sense that someone <laughs> that was so anxious just, like, is fine and li- like i think the thing is that because i've been having anxiety attacks since i was like nine yeah. i know how to deal with them so like mm. i i'm on top of it 99 percent of the time so it's like i'm pretty much always having an anxiety attack so like people Man. get anxious before going on stage and i'm yeah. like i've been like that since i got out of bed so <laughs> it's no biggie i just get on and it's like dude like but what's weird is actually the moment i grab the microphone it's it's like all goes away and people are like would you not like because my girlfriend wants to go on holiday and stuff and like i it's so weird but like i'm only relaxed when i'm like doing the thing like on stage is when it all just like zones in and I'm just like and you're just there and it's like that's the only time I'm not having an anxiety attack that's mad and the only way you discovered the only way you discovered that was (laughs) from you know (laughs) going down one career path and being like fuck this like (laughs) if classical music was good I never would have found out (laughs) (laughs) I love that that's probably like you know what I mean if uh (laughs) <laughs> if you ever get like the alumni emails from the uni and stuff like this <laughs> that's the same as me like it's, it's hilarious with my one as well like I think the first couple of podcasts whatever I was talking to like say people that were working like in media like presenters like broadcast stuff like this I would just be like yeah well like my course we didn't do this at all <laughs> I was like, it's so fucking stupid. And then after that, I'm like, oh gosh, yeah. Like, and then you get those emails to be like, yeah, would you ever be like up for, uh, you know, giving back to uni or whatever? Like, it's like, you guys took too much away from me. I think, but secretly, I really want an honorary doctorate from my uni. And I think I'll get one one day. <laughs> like, I think I, I think I will, but I don't know why, but I think, <laughs> like, I think... There's I don't know, no but then what's to. weird is <laughs> the Guildhall where I went is a music college, at, like a really top music college, but also a really top drama school. Yeah. So I auditioned there for drama and got to the final round and didn't get in after I'd finished the music course. Um, so they're on my list of theatres to sell out <laughs> on my fuck you tour. So... I'm gonna, but what I really want to do that tour. I just want to show up to all these places and go, oh, wow, oh, <laughs> you think you're better than me, did you? <laughs> oh, that's a shame. 
<laughs> Would you like to know how I'm like dodging, my sh- like t- replaying mo- loans? Like, yes. <laughs> oh, honestly, oh I, oh, I can't wait. That's my. That's literally it. That's that's that, all. That'll I be do. that'll be the most cathartic, like full circle thing. Do you oh, know what yeah. I mean? Like, oh. yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'll tell you the uniques. I know the. Ex- it's Rada. It's Lambda. It's Royal Welsh College of Music and Drama. It's the Royal Scottish Conservatoire, and it's Gilthaw, and that's all of them. And fuck every single last one of these, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's actually a nice little tour in the UK as well Honestly, like, so yeah. it's Cardiff Glasgow uh, <laughs> two in London uh, and I mean is it three in London oh Royal College of Music didn't let me in four in London mm, four. shit mm. <laughs> fuck them fuck oh, them <laughs> But I mean, when things, you know, finally start opening up, God, they got some hell going on. <laughs> <laughs> but I suppose, like, I, like before this, like, whole kind of, like, career, uh, sorry, that's not, like, I was jumping on to the next question. I said, like, be really smooth there, but I fucked it up. I fucked it up entirely. <laughs> but I suppose, right. No, no, right. I'm being professional. Okay, right. <laughs> We're doing it. <laughs> We're doing it. We're doing it. But I suppose, like, from, like, that, like, just going up on stage, like, there's, like, so many other, like, comedians as well I've chatted to, like, like, their inspiration behind it, like, was a lot of it, I feel like, is contextual to just being, like, from the North or, like, you know, from Belfast, particularly, like, that's what I was saying mm. to, like, um, one of the guys, Corbett D- McDavid, like, my first time up in Belfast, uh, well, one of my first times, like, up by myself in Belfast, I was, like, take this girl on date, and um end up going to the uh, end up going to like the crime bar but I, <laughs> awful choice of pub. <laughs> yeah, well, I was also like well on the edge, had no idea what I was doing and tried to go to bowl and it was closed down. So I was like, Oh well I know I can get served in a pub. Um but this guy like um came over to us and he like we were sitting there like there's some pints and uh he came over to us and he's like this like real hobbly fucking motherfucker and uh he was like do you want to see a party trick and i was going like i watched way too many movies for this he's either gonna flash us or like whatever else and then he just pulls out his ear like physically removes his ear from his head and there's a gaping hole that's so Belfast. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to see a party trick? <laughs> Here's my actual brain. <laughs> and then he drops it and he like scurries away. And we like knock our pints and run out. But I was like <laughs> But I kind of put it down to Do you know what I mean? Like I feel like I am kinda of asking like what like is, is there any inspiration about your comedy? Or like I feel like but being just like from Belfast in itself is inspiration enough. Like unless there's anything or anyone in influence you in particular, but um from my experience from chat ones, I feel like just growing up in that kind of environment <laughs> where mm. that's normal. Like, yeah. I feel like that's enough, you know, fucking content for a lifetime. Like. Well, I think what's weird is I don't feel particularly like a Belfast comedian yeah like I'm not in that circle because I started in London and 99% of my gigs have been in London Mm. um and I love gigging back home but when I do gig back home I have to kind of adjust everything like all my material and stuff I have to like re re rejig it so it's from the point of view of like when I'm over there yeah Whereas in London, it's like, I'm this and I'm here. Like, I fit it. Like, it's weird because, like, on a lineup of comedians, like, everyone has their 
little slot that they fit into and like it's like those little kids like shape games like the circle the square like all that shit it's like everyone has and the audience needs that and i hate that the audience needs that it really frustrates me and i've spoken to other comedians about this like um they need to know who you are within five seconds they need to know where you're coming from what your Mm. thing is what like who who you are basically Mm. um and i've spoken to i remember i sat down and had a chat with tom allen uh, a comedian who he said like because a lot of people kind of say like oh does he have to be so camp does he have to be so that whatever mm. but he was like listen like they want to know who you are and where you're coming from so if I go on stage and I'm I, I he is very camp in real life as well but it's like he goes on stage and he's like it, it just it, you kind of get pushed into that so people know who you are and know mm. like where you come and audiences just relax a bit whereas if you're this kind of like and I'd love to be a very complex character on stage, <laughs> but on some level, just as a way in, they need to know who you are. So when I'm in London, I'm like the the Irish guy. That, yeah. like, that's it. That's just like who I am. That's the position I talk from, no mm. matter really what I'm talking about. That's what they're hearing to the mm. point where I don't really tell very many stories on stage, but I've had other English comedians be like, oh yeah, you tell stories, don't you? And I'm like, just because I'm Irish doesn't mean I tell stories. <laughs> right? But then when I'm in Belfast, I can't be the Belfast guy because everyone's the Belfast guy. Like, that's just the thing. <laughs> so I don't know. Like, I, 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 I'm I, getting used to it. Yeah. Like, I did some shows over summer in my garden in Belfast, which were yeah. class. Really, really <laughs> loved them. And I'm getting more used to that. But I think those first few, like at Limelight even and stuff, it was like, I... I like what what's my caricature what's my what slot do i fill in this lineup like yeah what is it and sometimes i think i do myself a disservice i think sometimes i go and when i'm in england i play up and like very like oh just like stupid irish guy blah 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 blah, blah. and <laughs> like it's hard because that's what they think about us yeah. like that they think we're all like just a bit stupid and like don't really see an intellectual side to irishness mm. so it's like something i want to work on in the next couple of years is to kind of stamp like just push back against that even a little bit and yeah. be like no i am irish but i'm also i think i've done that the whole way through being in london is when i was in belfast i was like smart good in school like artsy all of these different things yeah. but in london you just find yourself becoming that like caricature of like yeah fucking da, 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 da. and it's just like it's grand and it's fun and like there that there is that side to who yeah. i am but i'd love to be more than just like the Irish guy. So I think the gigging back and forward really helps with that. So I can be not like, not just be that caricature, but find a something that's more about me rather than about where I'm from. Yeah. In terms of what the comedy is. Um, God love in terms it. of influence, <laughs> the first, the first comedy shows I went to were at Lavery's, which is run by Colin Geddes. Um, so I saw people like Colin, Mickey Bartlett, and Aaron McCann, those were like the guys where I was like, that's really fucking cool. Um, <laughs> that was when I was like 17, 18 in Belfast. And then in London, I saw Bits and Bobs at Angel Comedy Club, which is class, it's free, and just in kind of central North London. Um, and yeah, uh, I don't know if I answered the question. But uh, <laughs> honestly, I wasn't really paying attention anyway. Is that, is it? No, who cares? <laughs> He's watching YouTube videos. Blah, blah, blah. I can see it. I can see it in the reflection of his glasses. He's watching. Uh, 
Yeah, he's watching Lemmy's show. <laughs> I've got like one more episode of Bridgerton here. Uh, I'll, I'll be back if you. Yeah, it's only like forty-five minutes. Chicken entertainment. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. You absolutely did. And, but that was like kind of what I was wondering about. Like, because I feel like so many times, like people like that is their go-to. It's from where they're from is a big part of their personality. And yeah, I suppose that is like whenever <laughs> you're trying to stand out I suppose when everybody else is being like they're from Belfast yeah obviously like and then go over to London it's yeah you, you know you can play it on a different note sure Jesus Christ God love everybody that's come on to my thing because I reference back to Arma I finally done it in the podcast <laughs> but like every single time like it's like some like blind patriotism that I have for it but I feel like that's all like I'm known as the spy kid and I'm known as like representing the Orchard County and that's what well, I'm running with it's, it's, it is weird right because it's like it, like there's this whole talk about like identity politics and stuff and obviously like we are defined by the groups that we're part of and where we're from to a degree mm. that's never going to change Um, but it is like on a level it's trying to fit in but it's, on a level it's also trying to stand out so like when i was in belfast i was like very much the italian kid because mm. i'm half italian but then when i'm in london like barely anyone talks about the fact that i'm italian because the more different thing is my accent and the more different thing is like the irish yeah. parts of me and obviously i'm culturally more irish than i am italian like i never grew up in italy i don't speak italian like my grandparents are italian and my dad's kind of italian but it's like it's not. No, honestly, I believe you. Of, you know, it's, it's no, okay. I am. Right. It's, I am Italian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting, like, what sets you apart? Because you're like, if you're in Belfast, or if you're in Dublin, you're like the Armagh guy. So it's like mm. different. But it's probably different from when you've been in Belfast. You were probably the Armagh guy. But then in Dublin, are you like the Nordy guy more generally than specifically Armagh? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that'll probably be like, and again, it's just something I rely on because it's hilarious. I feel like it's, you know, it's the same as whenever you go over to London. I feel like there's like every, like we were bringing up some of our friends over when the lockdown like lifted over um, summer a bit. It's like, yeah, well, do you know what? Like some of these ones are from like the West, like Mayo and Sligo and stuff. Be like, well, yeah, well, like, maybe like go up to like Belfast for a night or have like this, like just like get some drinks. And uh, <laughs> their parents before going up and being like, ah, oh, yeah, maybe just like, ah, uh, don't be talking too much there. Like, they're like literally expecting. That is like, funny. That yeah. Is still... But then it's, it, but then you kind of have to be like, it's hilarious. But then at the same time, when you're talking about like, oh, did you grow up around and be like, what, did you not have bottom skirts? That's weird. <laughs> yeah. And, but we're from a funny little generation. Cause like, how old are you? Um, I'm actually 16. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just waiting for the, oh shit, sorry, I have to log off now. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm 22. Like, so like, I'm very right, much that, like, so I'm, the like late 90s. Yeah. But I'm 24. So it's like, we didn't really have the, the, the direct, like we're kind of ceasefire babies. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? So like, we're born in and around 98. So we don't have the real experience of the really fucking mad times, mm. but we have little bits and bobs just from childhood that fade into the background. Cause our parents don't really talk about it that much. They're just like, it just becomes very much. We have a really weird experience of the, the dying embers of the troubles. Cause it's like, it was there, but we didn't know what it was. It was just like, <laughs> everybody's just really annoyed about it. Yeah. But yeah, you're just kind of, you've become blissfully kind of like, <laughs> aware of like what things were kind of like so you're like yeah that's my personality right that, that's like definitely like what like happened to me it's like no you're like literally the most caution childhood like. yeah it's like i'm from i'm from fuck i'm belfast you fuck. it's like mate 
you're so middle class it's unbelievable <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah but like i suppose that's it like wherever like that's what i was like interested like i wonder where you've inflation kind of pulled from but that's yeah that's hilarious that yeah I suppose everybody, it doesn't matter where you go, you kind of have to lean on some kind of trope. And, you know, someday we'll be known for personalities. <laughs> Honestly, I just want to be my own little special snowflake. On top of you're on my podcast. <laughs> 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 but I suppose this is one of my uh, next kind of questions I was going to kind of bring up before because uh, enough of my identity po- identity politics jeez I can't sustain that conversation for too long <laughs> I'm not articulate enough for that so I'm going to steer very much clear of that <laughs> but like before this kind of career I suppose in like comedy and like stand up like and even like you know putting out things online content creation Maybe tell us about some like the character build jobs that you had like growing up that maybe like informed the person you are. Like I don't know if you like had any like made like random like part time jobs that like maybe like yeah. humanizes you in a sense. Yeah, I'd say about fast. Yeah, you kind of get character like, building is a nice way to say like toxic workplace environment. Um, but the- <laughs> <laughs> I've had a couple when I was my first job when I was sixteen. I worked in the cafe of a kids' play center. Um. Where I would, <laughs> so it was in like a fucking warehouse, and it was just like a mad like climbing frames and like ball pits and soft play areas, and then there was a cafe for the parents to sit at. Oh, um, so I was just making coffees and all that shit. But I would like I would steal six slush puppies a day. <laughs> so, so every single shift, I was just buzzed. I'm like with like red teeth, just like, what do you mean? What do you mean? There's not much slush puppy left. <laughs> just twitching. <laughs> and then it was a mad job. The employers there were awful. I think I got like five thirty-five an hour or something. Really, really, really bad pay. Like oh, probably illegal. Sir, I've got you beat. I was on three seventy-nine an hour. My three seventy-nine. Yeah, three seventy-nine. Were you making iPhones or something? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. People don't actually read, read their like iPhones anymore. It says made Larma. Uh, no, I uh, I worked for a very famous pizza chain that um, just was bastardized uh, by capitalism. <laughs> I swear to God, bastardized yeah. by capitalism. <laughs> That'll be my next podcast idea. That's funny. <laughs> but yeah, but no, like. <laughs> So, I mean, my thing, like, I was still, like, like things like cookies and stuff from there to be like, ha, here's my come up and getting back. But, like, <laughs> at least they're, like, you know, a substantial kind of product. I feel like slushy is just ice. <laughs> ice no, but it's and, like, ice and the red and, stuff. And, and, <laughs> <laughs> and the red stuff. Like, and syrup. Like, it's and so I, would, like- I was so cheeky about it because, like, to cover my tracks... Like, cause I would make the you'd make the, literal tracks like a slug. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would, I would be the one making the the mixture for the yeah. slush puppy machine. So I would just make it slightly weaker for the next one every time. So I was like, well, it's not. Do you know what I mean? I'm saving six slush puppies a day by making it less concentrated for everyone else. But my slush puppies were concentrated as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, but like, were were like, were the customers like grand in it, or was or, was this just you and like your own thing being like, I'm not, you know, these ones are kind of. Like, I was so sneaky. You weren't supposed to take any food. You're supposed to have like one 
can of Lilt a day or whatever, but I was just like, <laughs> I am hitting these slush puppies hard. Then you'd go into the kitchen and you know the chefs were like, as all chefs are, fucking mental. Um and you go into the kitchen and then sometimes they'd be like, oh, mate, because sometimes they'd be washing the dishes and stuff. And you'd be like, oh, I have some sausage and chips and beans and all. And you'd be like, oh, this is class. And then one day you go in and be like, like you grab a cocktail sausage and be like, oh, it's for the kids party, actually. And I'm like, one cocktail sausage. You're arguing with me over one. Co- Are you fucking serious? <laughs> um, but there was that one, which was weird. That was like my first ever job. Um, worked in a bar for a bit. I had like three jobs the whole way through uni. Um I worked for an events agency going around doing like canopy holding for like swanky parties and shit. Apparently I served the pussycat dolls, but I couldn't pick the pussycat dolls out of a lineup if you asked me to. So. <laughs> <laughs> You're really not making use of this character. Ben, so if you're, <laughs> apparently I did a cool job, but like, I got over so. <laughs> <laughs> but then I was vice president of the students union at Guildhall for two years, which was actually quite character building because that Jesus. is a fucking that is a thankless job yeah um also for, for discovering that you're like not interested and like very much you know like scored by them <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> no actually like it's well it's a really fucking cool place i really like it but yeah. it's just <laughs> <laughs> oh no 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 Jeez, yeah I, I completely believe you yeah. <laughs> but that was like I mean, I did a shift in the finance office once at Guildhall. So they needed like extra people. And because like someone was off sick or something. And because I'd done so much work for the school, I did the SU. I worked in the SU bar and like helped Jesus. out so much. They God. were like, yeah, I was a supervisor in the SU bar. That was fucking wild. An English girl told me to go back to Ireland. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was like, right, we're closing time to go. And she was like, if you don't like your job, just go back to Ireland. And I was like, I got her barred for two months. Um <laughs> <laughs> she was a bassoon player imagine talking like that and being a bassoon player disgusting um, <laughs> but <laughs> I so I did a shift in the finance office and they needed someone to literally <laughs> they just had her like a lever art file full of receipts and they're like you just need to put the numbers from these into that spreadsheet on the computer and that was the whole it was just like a data entry job and I was just like, duh, 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 duh. and the it was the worst day of my whole life. So I forgot my headphones, first of all. So I couldn't uh. listen to music. I couldn't just like switch off and just do the really, really boring task. Yeah. So I had to just be in the moment doing data entry from receipts to spreadsheets. And I was looking around the office at all the people in this finance office, just like, do you guys do this like every day? Like, is, it, is this what you do? Because that is fucking nuts. Like, that is so mad to me. But it was at that point, I was like, oh, I can't do office jobs. Like, I can't. That's just not. Yeah. That's never going to be an option for me. I'm never going to be able to do this. And people are like, yeah. what about, what's your fallback plan? And I'm like, homelessness. There's just no, <laughs> there's nothing else. Um, oh, also, I mean, I teach in schools at the minute. I teach music. I teach Africa drumming in primary schools in east london what yeah <laughs> you you teach, you teach children <laughs> yeah yeah man and i'm really good at it as well <laughs> oh, for play, like well maybe that's like a full circle do you know what i mean like yeah like like first like roll in you know work with these kids yeah. and stuff yeah you like slush it up around a bit now you're like get to like you know give it all back to them yeah <laughs> yeah 
right? I mean, at the minute, it's weird. I just send fucking like Word documents being like, this is what you should do at home, even though none of you are going to do it. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I go around yeah, East London Jesus. and just like teach percussion and stuff and like really like primary school music. Um, which is why I need to make it as a comedian because as soon as they find out who I am, I'm so sacked from that job. It's unbelievable. <laughs> so patreon.com slash <laughs> Sorry, I think your mic just cut out there for a while. <laughs> Nobody has free advertising on this. Not until I get my money's worth. <laughs> No, but like, geez, I suppose, like that's from talking about like you know the different jobs that you've done so far, and like what even you're doing at the moment. Like, I don't know, you're saying that even about like teaching product, like percussion and stuff like online. Like, I my next kind of one was like going to ask like, what does your average day look like? Which I realize now from talk, talking to a couple of people, like if there's any and any day the same, whatever, like this, it's probably one of the most like infuriating questions to ask during COVID. Uh, <laughs> Like, yeah, my average day at the minute looks like four walls. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... but normally, normally I teach two or three days a week uh, in schools. So that's my little day job. My side hustle keeps me going during the comedy. Um, and then normally, not COVID times, in London, I'm doing, I aim for five gigs a week is what i aim for uh yeah so that's between some of them are open mics some of them are proper comedy clubs uh some some of them running my own show um so i i aim for five and if i can't perform at five i try to at least be at five so um jesus god yeah uh which is mad but it's like and sometimes you'll do two in one night or three in one yeah. night. So like sometimes I'll do seven in a week. So I aim for five nights a week. And then sometimes you get two or three in one night. Um, and I find that's the best way for me to get material done and material worked on and written and polished. Uh, I think what's interesting is the Northern Ireland scene gets you uh, better at getting material to a performable level straight away. Whereas sometimes like I think the luxury of having five, six gigs a week uh, kind of... You're spoiled. Makes God. you relax. <laughs> but you literally are. I literally go on stage at open mics and just just talk about stuff and try and find what's funny. And it's like, I don't like I don't write it all. I don't have it all developed. Yeah. I just try and riff on a topic and I have a big punchline in mind, but it's like getting there and then I just kind of fuck around with it for ages because I have that space. But then since COVID so many fewer gigs and then like the first gig back in my garden and then all the garden comedy shows I had to like the material had to be there because mm. it's like not all the same people we had a lot of different people come to mm. every single one um but definitely overlap in the audience and I didn't want to be doing the same jokes every time uh I did some of the same ones worked on them changed them a little bit because People like that as well. People like seeing the development. Of, if they know who you are, they mm. like seeing the development, the work in progress. Um, but it was about getting used to writing material before you get it on stage and getting it to the point where it's like ready to go. It's a fully developed bit. Yeah. And just doing it straight off the bat, which I think 
is a balance, which is why I like kind of having a foot in both worlds where it's like in Belfast, it's all about writing loads, writing loads, writing loads, because you're doing those Lavery's Limelight gigs where it's a lot of the same people coming to see you. So you can't be shitting out the same material every single time. Um, I mean, you can, but it won't end well. Like, just People will just hate you. Yeah, I don't know why. I actually thought for ages, like comedians were like, oh, like how they, they just must change it up every single time. For some reason, it's in process in my head. That's like, oh, it's going to be different crowds every night. Of course, they can perform the same material. Yeah. I, <laughs> you mentioned about Mickey Bartlett or something earlier. I actually was uh, doing this thing. Uh, it was like filming for like some... TV show like um is up in like Ballyclare but like I was like an action in the background and to like warm everybody up for it he was doing some comedy stuff at it yeah I don't think I think I was the only one me and my mates were the only ones that like decided yeah we won't do this for one day we'll do it for two and uh yeah <laughs> we sat at the very front of like this little tent and like I've never like I was like god it was so funny I wonder what he's gonna say today <laughs> <laughs> that was, it was the first time that I caught on I and I guess I've seen him look over to us and be like because huh? <laughs> he's like I bet you I bet you walked on stage and went yeah what's up motherfuckers because he does that every time <laughs> 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 we all have our little things I go on stage every time in England and go alright what's the crack how's it going because I go what's the crack they know I'm Irish how's it going they know I'm Northern Irish <laughs> gets it out of the way uh, that's literally it's so clinical mm. but it's like oh it's the crack how's it going and then, then they're like da-da, da-da, cool know who you are yeah and then you and get then on you're to, flying. yeah but no like even, you get onto the, the real stuff yeah like <laughs> the really good nitty-gritty but yeah like you were kind of mentioned about like in like the garden like comedy things and stuff like that like and again i seen you kind of were doing some shows like it was like it seemed really was it like a drive-in kind of comedy or something like this yeah yeah like I did a drive-in show what like <laughs> wouldn't recommend wouldn't re- so the garden the garden comedy show is one of the things i'm most proud of for my whole entire life um it was so because i'm obsessed with like making memorable experiences yeah. for people i think that's the coolest shit ever especially in a very dark time so it's like Everyone was fucked for ages and like really bored and really like struggling and having a really shit time. And I was like, oh, let's just <laughs> let's build a comedy club in the garden and did it. And it was just like, if you haven't seen it, there's a documentary about it on my YouTube as well. It's mm. called The Socially Distant Social Club, uh, which won a bunch of awards recently. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the it's like was just such a mad experience and everyone was so into it. I had no idea whether it was going to work, but it was so special and everyone's like, would you not live stream it? Would you not this, you not that? And I'm like, no, it's for the people who are there. It's an isolated singular experience for everyone who's there to enjoy it together and like have a good time. And then it's special and it's, and it's individual and it's like, it's stuff like that. And then I did like a, an online quiz on Christmas day and I was like, well, who the fuck else is doing that? And then we had loads of people raise loads of money. And it's like a really specific moment in time that doesn't ever happen again. And this yeah. is where like, it's not about like, I don't want to like have the biggest fucking garden comedy show in the world or like the, the biggest online quiz or whatever. Mm. It's like, no, it's a specific moment where I thought, I think I can serve this purpose and create this moment for yeah. people to enjoy. And then you do it and it's class. It's so, so good to like have those little moments where like, no one's going to forget that. No one's going to forget the the garden comedy. I mean, I'm not, I don't think anyone who was there is going to forget it because it was so cool. And it was so like, 
it felt like such a little secret. We did seven of them and like all different people came and they were all like piling into my garden. It was just This feels like when people I, talk about Woodstock. They literally <laughs> I am I am with just we Woodstock. Um but the <laughs> the drive in comedy show so I haven't done any Zoom comedy gigs. Oh, thank God. Cause they seem awful. Yeah. Uh I hosted the East Belfast GAA Awards on Zoom. That felt different. I don't know why. Just did. Um, <laughs> and then the other one. So the drive-in comedy thing. Like, that's a story. I really like stories. Like, a Zoom comedy show, no one cares when you tell them about it. They're like, oh, that's weird. End of interest. Yeah. But if I'm like, yeah, we performed the Cars. They're like, what the fuck do you mean you performed Cars? And it's a memory. And I made a video about it. And it was, like, fun. Yeah. And it was, like, an experience and a memory that and, like, a story to tell. So, like... I'm always up for shit like that. Like, I think the that's where I draw the line a bit with all this like pandemic stuff where I'm like, I don't want to do Zoom stand-up comedy shows because it's like, who cares? Who cares in a year's time if I tell them that I did that? Yeah. Absolutely no one. But if I go, I did a gig in my garden and I performed to cars. It's like, those are stories that actually you care about. Yeah. And it's fucking cool. Um, but that was the answer to the question. What does an average day look for you? Not like that at all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, like I suppose that's the same. Like it's with everybody that I've asked so far is asking what an average day is like. And everybody just comes back to it like, a, well, it's the exact same as you. It's like, hence why I'm available to talk to some specky kid on the internet right now. Do you know what I mean? Like, but like, ju- like that was one of the things that like, again, when I like started to like pick up and no- like start noticing things that you're doing again, it was even like other comedians that I was following. I was like, is that, like I, I wasn't even aware that that was your own thing because like I'd seen so many people are part of it and I was like oh this must have just been you know pulled together from random pieces and it was even like the driving stuff like I just seen like somebody like I think it was like Alison Spittle or something like this like spot around yeah like, she a headlined that gig yeah she like spot around like camera or like everybody was just laughing at like the state of like these cars driving up and like you guys stand out the cold and I was being like how's this lad get like around all this shit? Like, do you know what I mean? It's like when everybody else is like, you know, being like, oh, Frank, oh, can't do this, can't do that. Like it takes, I think, just that kind of personality or like that kind of perseverance to be like, as you said. Oh God, yeah. Don't see, like, I mean, everyone's like, make sure you look after your mental health and make sure you don't feel pressured to be productive. And I'm like, but also, (laughs) like, if you want to make stuff happen, you can do it. Like, Just like have a bit of spark about you and be like, and look, not not everyone has the capabilities or like equipment to do. Half the stuff I do but, like, <laughs> but like, I mean, fuck pizzazz. Who just get drunk? Um, but the, <laughs> but the like, like the equipment stuff. People are always like, oh, I'll I'll do it when I have this. Like, you don't even have a fucking laptop charger and you have a podcast. That's so mad. <laughs> but it's like. But this is the thing. It's like, just start doing something within the realms of what you can do. I shot a short film with my girlfriend in Cumbria on a phone with a tripod and we had like a decent light. I've heard that one before. Yeah. It's, but it's really, and people are like, what did you use to film this? And I'm like, an iPhone eight and a decent light, but like not, nothing like if you don't count like the phone you have anyway so just don't count that as expensive the total expense of the equipment used to film that short film was 40 quid so it's like like just start like i've been building up all this like mad microphone equipment and cameras and all the cables and computer and stuff like that for years like two three years 
but it doesn't mean that I just like only started yesterday once I had all the equipment. It's like you just gradually get it as you need it and keep making it. And it's like, look, I know everyone's stressed and everyone's, but it's like, I think, I think this kind of like self care of just like Dawson about watching Netflix, like you do what you want to do, but like that doesn't work for me. Like that just stresses me out so much. That's when I'm anxious is just like when I'm mm. chilling out because I need to be fucking making something and doing something. And like, I'm going to do like starting next week, I'm doing a daily every weekday podcast where I go for a walk in the park and just like talk to myself. Like that's going to be because I'm just like, that seems fun. And I feel like people will want to go for a walk in the park. So I'll do that. And then they can put on the podcast of me walking in the park when they're walking in the park. And it's just like, oh, it might be shit. So like, I don't care. Like, so it might be shit, but as long as it's fun to make for me. Yeah. I don't care if no one listens. Like, I I don't care at all. Like, it's just, it's just fun. Just do shit. Fuck everyone else. (laughs) <laughs> sorry that got so aggressive and mo- i turned into gary v there for a second i was really fucking angry i was like i don't know why they dragged us back now <laughs> question number six <laughs> nobody refers to the questions that's the beauty of it nobody's supposed to know that these are all pre-planned well, sp- oh shit sorry uh no, those no are- pre-planned question connor no. were you about to ask me have there been any major standout moments that came from your career so far that you never imagined could happen it just felt like that was where the conversation was naturally heading that's right yeah that's where i kind of felt like it was kind of go from there do you know what i mean like from yeah well i suppose that kind of leads it on uh <laughs> although legitimately i think we did that I and that's like, what i was about to what say what that, that's what i was about to say yeah do you know what i mean but like that's funny yeah it's, 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 it's almost like i have these planned out that they may like, kind of work like oh. some, some, some look at you you specky bastard <laughs> <laughs> I know, fucking my like toes hanging onto a cable on a charger here to make sure that doesn't cut out in the game. Like Jesus Christ, yeah, God, I can't be really chucking around too many comments. <laughs> That's so funny. But I suppose yeah, from like major things like that, like as you said, like you find yourself having to like keep busy and like even like coming on doing this, like I do you know what I mean like it's like you're. That, I think that's like what like. It's people like yourself that are like, how do I like, get up and go be like, frick this. I'm just like, going to get it done, um, whatever like that. That kind of inspires me. But like, uh, <laughs> maybe going around away from that inspiration, um, from all like the lovely Dovey stuff that you've done, are there any, been any like horror stories that you find from working in this kind of like arena of comedy? And especially like, maybe as you said, like being an Irish guy in London, like I know if like there's different like things that like happened there, but like, I imagine like um like have you had like a worse hackle that you've been like jesus christ like why am i doing this yeah i had a really really bad gig in the gap between lockdowns there uh which was fucking it's so busy i deliberately have tried to start doing gigs on the black comedy circuit which sounds like i made it up but it is an actual thing so because 10 20 years ago and even probably more recently than that like black comedians were kind of kept out of the industry. Like they couldn't get as many spots at comedy clubs. They couldn't get on TV. There was like only one allowed per weekend at a club or whatever. And so they had to like, there was a lot of black comedians who just had nowhere to do their thing. So they had to build their own comedy circuit, which is very separate to the mainstream comedy circuit and fucking amazing. Like, and they're a really good example of, because people think that just since the internet, you can take your career into your own hands because you have access to everyone. 
But before there was ever even the internet, they were selling out the O2, they were selling out Hackney Empire, they're selling out massive venues all around the UK just by tapping into something that people wanted of like black communities in Britain that wanted black comedians to perform in front of them. So they had this amazing, like these amazing, like kind of response from the audience to these shows. So I've deliberately tried to start doing them because I think that's one of the coolest things about London is that it's so diverse that you have all this like different cultures and races and all this stuff to talk about. And at white shows, um, people get very stressed when I start talking about race and stuff, which I do a lot in my set because I think like this is an interesting thing that you said earlier about coming from Northern Ireland, which I think applies where it's like, we come from like a divided place famously. Mm. Like that's the the thing. It's a very divided country. Mm. Um, And the solution that we found is to talk about it constantly. There's constantly making jokes about Catholics do this, Protestants do that. It's like, constantly spoken about to the point where like some people are sick of it and like you get kind of sick of that kind of like and no harm like they're all class but like i think some people get tired of like the blame game and stuff but that is just a uh symptom of just like yeah talking about the issues and the stuff that actually makes the society tick constantly and whereas in london the thing that makes london tick in my eyes is the melting pot diversity all sorts of cultures everywhere but white english people are so fucking stressed about talking about it they're just like oh, you can't can't, uh, you can't mention that he's black and you can't mention that he's uh, like uh, bengali and you can't mention that he's bangladeshi and he's chinese and he's irish and he's it's like so stressed about it but i think my natural reaction coming from belfast was like i arrived in london and went oh fuck look at all these different kinds of people and just like talk <laughs> like just talked about it because that's what else would you do yeah and then like, so I, I, I was kind of like, am I, am I doing wrong here? Like, am I making these jokes in like a bad taste? Would it be, am, am I in the wrong here? Because what I often find is when I'm talking about race in my set is that if there are, like, say if I'm like making jokes that reference black people, if there are black people in the audience, they'll laugh and all the white people will get stressed and like look to see if it's okay to laugh. And it's the funniest fucking thing ever because I always call it out. I'm always like, hey, hey, stop it. <laughs> stop looking to see if it's okay. Just laugh if it's funny and don't laugh if it's not funny. You don't have to check with him. It's fine. You go in, you go in your teacher mode. Ah, hey. hey, hey, hey. Something you want to share with the class? Um, but it's like, but then I, I, I was I was aware that it was like I make all these jokes and I'm like I don't want to be doing it in bad faith. Yeah. So I would do these like some people call them like it's the urban circuit, but I it's it's the fucking black circuit called the black circuit. You know what I mean? So um, I've, it's been amazing. Like they're so much more fun. So it's like nine times out of ten yeah. than white gigs because it's like obviously they're okay with talking about the diversity because they are the fucking diversity. You know, yeah. it's like. And they like I make all these, and it just gets so much better response because there's no that power imbalance isn't there. And I understand if it's a majority white room and I'm making jokes that reference black people, there's a potential for a power imbalance for me to be making jokes that are like mm. kind of just cunty, and I don't want to do that. But sometimes the mix gets really off. So I did this like gig, which it's kind of an in betweeny gig. It's like kind of black circuit, but not really. So it's like it's in Shoreditch, which is a very, very woke area, but not the most diverse area. It's very like gentrified, white, hipstery type yeah. stuff. 
So I was doing this gig and it's like part of the black circuit. So it's like promoted in that way or whatever. And like, so there was like a lot of the audience were black and I'd done the gig before and had a really fucking good time. Like loved it. But then this time there was like a fair few white people who were those like short, itchy, woke, hipstery people who are basically white people who are left wing, but have no black friends. Like that's the, that's the thing. And it's like in London, it's like, you can be all these like woke things and like all on the right side of history and on the politics. And you're not supposed to make jokes about that. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Hey, I have friends from everywhere. And I would say this to their face. I do say this to their face. And like, that's what I base it on. Yeah. And then I make it work for white people. So like, I have a joke about women in hijabs. And one of the first times I told it, the only person that laughed was a woman in a hijab and everyone else shit themselves. And I was like, what are you doing? She's fine. You should be fine. So then I have to rewrite the joke to get it to a point where it's okay for everyone, which is so fucking weird to me. But to, to make it digestible for their kind of, you know, sensibility in it, where they're kind of afraid, obviously, of like, oh, we don't want to be the ones that are saying, like, which I suppose it's exactly. fair enough, like, because, Listen, yeah, like, it's understandable because you'll get, like, you don't want to be cancelled and you don't want to be, like, called out for laughing at this yeah, joke yeah, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. But I'm, suppose, like, I'm saying it, you're just laughing. <laughs> yeah. like, okay. You're like, guys, no, 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 don't worry. Like, I, I'm looking to get cancelled. So, like, actually, this really works for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But I suppose, yeah, that's like, a, obviously, a big disparage, whatever you're, you know you actually have to like churn your stuff around to but i had that i had that at that shortage gig where it was like these people were literally vocally went like i don't think you should be talking about that because i was making jokes about black lives matter Hmm. and about how like everyone just fucking posted a black square on instagram and pretended they were done with racism for the day and i was like fucking sweet yeah nice one (laughs) and like just talking about the joke is like uh, people were pulling down statues. I was going into gardens, kicking over gnomes. Like yeah. that's the fucking joke. <laughs> and it's just like a silly joke about white people fucking up anti-racism. And I think yeah. that's funny. And they're, they're like, so the white girls were really stressed and it just puts this whole tension in the room. And then everyone's stressed about what everyone else is thinking. And we're like, no, nah, you shouldn't be making jokes about that. And I'm just like, it just, it was just awful. And I just like died on my ass for like a full, like 15, 20 minutes. It was just just off and i kept doing it. i kept and i just kept digging myself a fucking hole i kept like doing like my best jokes and it like would get nothing because they already hated me and then i was just like i would say i said to them on stage i was like you know these jokes work like these jokes have worked in this room before yeah so what's the problem and they, they were like well maybe you're the problem and i'm like no can't be that i'm doing the same thing as i always do yeah you're the problem <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> which was done by me but i just get so fucking bored of all this shit but yeah i've had some horror gigs that was one of the worst ones in recent memory i think um i can't think of a specific one where someone's like like a specific heckle or anything or like a real horror story bar that but listen if you're not bombing you're not trying yeah like if it's not going terribly like Sometimes if you're just smashing every single night, you're not pushing the boat out and you have a joke in your notebook that you want to tell that you're not telling. And that's the, that's the, like, I think it, you should be pushing the boat out enough that sometimes it goes really bad. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's even like this podcast recording right now. It was going smooth sailing right up until I recorded mm. it yourself. And it's just been a shit show on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I ruin everything I am part of. 
<laughs> and I'm so grateful you took the time. <laughs> no, but like, I suppose, yeah, like it's the same as with anything. It's like there's the good comes with the bad and whatever like this. But I'm always, you know, curious about, you know, not trying to like, as you said, like come off like two one note, I suppose, with ones and I actually do want like interest. Like, because it seems like a lot with people that are in this kind of entertainment scene and these comedy scenes, you know that there's some, you know, backlash that comes from it. But from a lot of, you know, what you view, you're like, that just looks like some amount of crack, you know, whatever, like this stuff. Oh, so that's oh, what, and yeah. it's really hard. Like I, like I joke about all that cancel stuff and like I, but it's really like, and I won't say, I won't fucking get myself cancelled again, but I did a podcast clip about something that happened in Belfast. And it's just my thoughts on it. And it wasn't what most people were saying about it at the time. I was just like, no, I actually disagree with what people are saying about this. So I put on a podcast and I put out a clip on Twitter. And then a guy who was at one of the garden comedy shows, so has been in my house, like drank from my tap, like all those fucking things, like been looked after at my house yeah. by my parents and like, and we like knew each other. Like he was a friend of a friend from school who'd come to the show. And I was like, oh, whatever. Thanks for coming. And he like retweets the clip and goes, this Belfast comedian is being called out for X, Y, and Z. Rightly, absolutely disgraceful. And I was like, I fucking know you. Yeah. Like you've been in my heart. I'm not this Belfast comedian. I'm like, like I'm Vittorio. And what are you achieving from this? Like, all you retweeting that does is get more people angry at me. Whereas I had people message me and like friends of mine and family members go, oh, I disagree because this, this and this. And I go, oh, okay, I hadn't thought of it that way. Let's have a back and forth. And then we both came to like an agreement on like what we thought about what was going on. Or maybe we didn't, maybe we just disagreed, but that's fine as well. Yeah. But it's this fucking thing. And I was really, really freaking out when this happened. I was like really, really upset. And I had to go to a gig and I walked in and people were like, how's it going? I was like, I'm so fucking, I can't fucking do this. And it was like, it's so, like, it's really, really horrible. Like, I think people forget that like, and in a nice way you say like, oh, it all just looks like a bunch of crack, but it's really fucking stressful sometimes. And like, you have to remember that it's like people, the people online doing like the funny shit or whatever. Like it is just, there are people at the end of the day and it's like just because you call, you say they're wrong doesn't mean they fucking disappear. Like if you disagree, fucking talk to the person and be like, I think this is wrong because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And Rather I have than, a bit of discourse at it. Yeah. I feel like Twitter as well, though, is probably just that like perfect. It's like, the worst place. Oh, God. It's like, the worst ever. Oh, and I only discovered it in the last year. And I'm like, some parts of it are stunning. Like, Joe you know I mean? are oh, like, so like, if the last happens, couple of days. Oh, beautiful beautiful yeah so like, good. as soon as something happens it's quick on it and i like it's that's not my type of humor at all like i can't think of something so quickly to be like make something up but when crowds of people just like pull up and yeah. from everywhere unbelievable but then yeah. also it's everybody that even like you'll be chatting or you'll be seeing like people like blah blah, blah. like something will happen and they just kind of go like jesus lads it's like this is like both like the mo- like this is the most toxic relationship I've ever been in because I keep coming back for more. Do you know what I mean? But then everybody's yeah. like essentially just earning out their grievances into like an echo chamber of other people are like earning out their grievances. <laughs> so everybody's just yeah, and all it does is make you want to step back from the whole thing where you're like, uh, it's weird shit happens. Like when I like say I share something that's like serious, like a petition that I think people should sign. Then I'll have people reply with jokes I've made in the past being like, oh, I thought this was you. And I'm like, yeah, that's a joke. And this is a serious thing that I want you to. And it's and all it does is make me just want to not 
get involved in anything yeah. serious. I just want to be just crack jokes all the time. And look, on some level, I think that's the better way to do it. But I would like to be able to like have the occasional calls where I'm like, yo, I think you should like, because ha- I have a vague platform, like a small one, but hopefully it'll grow. And it's like, I'd love to be able to go, oh, hey, this is this thing I care about. Everyone should get involved and support this thing. Yeah. And it's, but then even when you do, even when you do the right thing, people go, yeah, but last week. And you're like, what? <laughs> like, I thought I was, what? Why didn't you reply that when I did the first thing? Why'd you wait? Why'd you screenshot it and wait till now? What's happening? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's been so a weird. yeah, cat's shoddy too. Yeah, so <laughs> guys, I'm trying my best, but like honestly, like I, it just ends up coming back to you know, like <laughs> yeah. So yeah, either I think the, what people want is for you to either never be serious or always be serious, and they don't want anything in between. Whereas I'd quite like to be able to do, and people disagree with me. Other comedians are like, "There's no way you're going to be forged that be able to forge that for yourself." I'm like, I want to be able to write poems plays scripts all like all sorts of pieces of writing but i also want to say the most insane jokes and most ridiculous shit ever and completely take the piss at the same time and it's that thing that we were talking about earlier where it's like i don't want to just be one thing because that seems really boring to me for the rest of my life if i just have to make jokes about everything all the time like i love making jokes but i don't want to i don't want to be like bound to making jokes forever Like I want to have the option of having a share a fucking petition once in a while. You know what I mean? But but it is hard. Like that's, that's the stress for me. And that's what I'm getting used to is like, as my platform grows, uh, because my, my friend put it nicely. He was like, it is a good thing. Cause when you get those negative comments, like it's because they think you have enough platform to make a difference Hmm. and like change the cultural conversation. So it's like, it is good, but as the platform goes, I've realized I've had more more and more negative feedback. Yeah. And it is really stressful, but I'm getting used to dealing with that, just putting the phone down after you post off, just back, backing yourself to know what you're doing and know that yeah. you're a good person and like do the thing. But that that's the fucking legitimate, like that's the bad bit of being a public being in the public eye for me. Aye. Public, Aye. public. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was a really, that was a really shit. Joke. Yeah, awful <laughs> man. <laughs> but funny enough, that might lend me very easily into the last question. Oh, so smooth transition. Yeah, bring on him. <laughs> but I suppose, like you're saying, there, like you, like you know, you want to be like known for, yeah, you want to be known for being entertaining, having the crack, but also being taken seriously. I think that yeah. that's what it kind of boils down to. So, like that's kind of like is that kind of what like the future holds like is there like a five-year plan or any big goals that you want to achieve that you haven't yet or is it very much to like obviously keep building on doing what you're kind of doing um but like just get to that like sustainable point where it's like guys we can like get this bit of discourse did i cut out i think <laughs> or I cut out for you... a little bit but i have the question in front of me as well so it's oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> But it's like the, I think the thing is like that I would like is to just be a bit nuanced and and different, like, and like not bound to anything, not bound to just do 
doing serious stuff and not bound to just doing fuck me at a club like i'm not going to get up there and like read you a poem about mental health like that's not gonna like i'll get up and do jokes and the aim is to be funny in that environment but i'd like to be able to like i'm writing a pretty serious play at the minute i write poems every so often and that's like that's the fun shift for me where it's like so it's like i can build this of people through the comedy that wouldn't normally be exposed to the other stuff so like when i post a poem on my instagram mm. and some guy i know who's a fucking electrician in east belfast comments like this is fucking class mate i'm like he's <laughs> never liked a poem in his entire life ever <laughs> but because i'm a comedian and because i'm i have he's i've gained his trust by being funny and taking the piss for long enough mm. that he's come to this poem and gone oh i normally like with vittorio posts i'll read this poem about mental health and it's like i think that's the cool thing because i think these people who are just poets and just spoken word artists and just like activists or whatever it's like everyone who follows you already agrees with you yeah so what i would like to do is kind of meld that a bit so i have like the people who follow me for that serious stuff who have some more risk-taking comedy and darker comedy that they maybe wouldn't be exposed to otherwise. And then on the other side, I have these hardcore comedy fans who just like taking the piss all the time. And then I can have like more serious conversations and make a bit more of a difference on that side of it as well. And I think yeah. that's, that's the only way to actually change anything because everyone's just in their little echo chamber being like, yes, we all agree. We all agree. We all agree. And I'm just like, nah, come to me when an electrician likes your poem, dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, I suppose like, if that's like, do you know what I mean? Like, I, like fucking what other kind of like big, like goal could there be? Like, or to be like, I'd like to progress as a human and also like have other people hopefully progress with me. I mean, like, I, I'm, and also I'm pretty sure you've like peaked from this as well. Like for interviews, a lot of times the guests kind of tend to go downhill. So like the goals that they set. This was on my, this was on my dream board since last year. Yeah, I know. I could feel the manifestation like happening. And uh, <laughs> this is just the universe answering back. Um, so, uh, yeah, like, but like, I mean, you had to get through those like garden, you know, whatever comedy shows, whatever you call them. I don't know. Like, what was that? Like Who outdoor cares? gigs. Yeah. Like experiences. Motherfucker, this is a real experience. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, and this is how I properly get cancelled. <laughs> but yeah, like, is there any other, I suppose, like big things? Like, are you, do you have any, like, kind of like, as you said, like, feel like you, like, even walk through the park, like your kind of podcast, like I do like that. Like, is there any other big things or is it kind of just like hope to keep producing at that rate? Listen, I'd like, I'd love to like, and it's not, it's never been a money thing for me. It's never about that. It's not like, I don't really care about that shit. I think if you yeah. chase the money, then go get a job in finance. Like, what are you doing in yeah. the arts at all? Just like, that's silly. Um, I'd love to be, I'd love to be full time. I'd love to not have to do like a side hustle job or like a day job or whatever. I'd love to make that, but only because I want to spend all my time doing comedy stuff and like making yeah. things. And like, I want to spend all my time doing that. So like the five year plan stuff, I, I, I go back and forward on whether I really want to be on t TV or anything like that. Like, I think I would, I think I would enjoy the, but all it is for me is just like increasing that platform where I can yeah. have more people who are just into comedy and be like, Oh, but here's this other thing. And like, kind of just like, just move about a bit and like kind of 
shift people in different directions. So like, look, if you go on TV, you get a bit more of a platform, but I like where I'm at now, where I haven't had much like mainstream, whatever, like I've had to build it with like giving people business cards at the end of shows and like just gradually picking up Instagram and Twitter followers for people who genuinely like what I do. And like, yeah. they gradually come on board and it's like, that's really nice. Cause you feel like everyone who's there is like actively there. It's not like they just happen to see you on mock the week or whatever. Yeah. It's like, they fucking found you and they were like, Oh fuck, that's really good. And it's like, came into your little world of fucking shit that you're making online. So it's like, I'd like that. I'd, I'd like to have more like mainstream success for money and also just like a bit more of a platform mm. to get more people on board so I can go full time. Cause I'd love to be at that point where it's like, and look, absolute pipe dream stuff to even talk about Dave Chappelle when you're talking about like your goals, yeah. but he, and it's, but it's not like, it's not like I want to be a fucking millionaire. It's just having this, fucking freedom where he and his mates just like a couple of years ago bought motorcycles and just were motorcycling across America. And then anytime they ran out of money, Dave Chappelle just booked the local theater for a show. What? Sold, sold it out. And then they had enough money to keep biking across America. Like that's the fucking dream where you can just like do whatever you want to do. You're like, Oh, I need a bit of fucking cash here. Book yeah. a show, do it, sell it out, have a great time. And like, but just that freedom to just like be super, super creative is like, I think that's what I want. Like, like fuck any of the, like, I mean, the panel shows look fun. I think I'd be good on them hundred percent, but it's like, to me, it's weird in UK stand up that like the end goal is not stand up. The end goal seems to be like doing these weird yeah. things. So I'm like, I'll do that because it looks fun, but I don't want that to be my career at the end of the day. Yeah. Like I want it to all come back to the stuff that I'm making and just like keep building that real core of people. And I'm sure like literally what will happen is if I ever get any like platform on TV, I'll go on. People are like, oh, he was funny on that. They'll come to my Instagram and go, oh, fuck this guy. Like, <laughs> run in the other direction. But listen, I'll get a few people who'll be like, oh no, that does look interesting. Like, I think that's more cool than being like fucking... Um, just beige and just like appealing to everyone. Like, I yeah. don't want to be, I don't want to be that guy. Fair enough. Can't, I mean, can't relate. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah. Imagine not, all the rest of us. I'm like, I'm only after fame and money. No, no, no. But like, that's, that's actually what everybody said as well. Like it is one of those things where it's like, God, cause Jesus, God knows nobody's me, but like, I literally started this so I could chat to people that I want to chat to. And yeah. the most sustainable thing that like I, like people ask like, so where are you like looking to get from this? I'm like, I don't really know. At the end of the day, I hope to just, you know, whatever I'm doing ever in my life, get to a stage where you're just like, you're, you're just being able to, yeah, so having that creative freedom to sustainably live like, yeah. you know, a life not particularly in poverty, um, but like, and still being able to have the crack and being, you know, like having that creative freedom to do the stuff that you want to do and not having to compromise your creative or like your, you know, your work just to do the stuff that you want to do. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's there like, sh- there shouldn't be that, you know, like catch what it where it's like, oh, you want to have fun? Well, you're going to be miserable on, and then you can afford to have fun. It's like, come on. Yeah. Like, there has and to it's be like, a, and if you want to make it, you have to water down the version of the thing that you do. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I just absolutely don't. It'll take longer, but I'm not, I'm just not watering it down. I'll just see what happens. And look, if it all falls to bits and i'm end up like just doing like really shit gigs around the country forever 
that's fine by me as well as long as i'm doing what i want to do and i can eat and have a roof yeah you're just stuck you're just stuck in the um performance school circuit for years on oh my god just selling out drama school theaters (laughs) 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 but here uh vittorio like honestly i i I didn't expect to like be chatting. I think this is the longest podcast I've recorded, to be honest. Like, oh, that's partly, classic me. No, but partly <laughs> because I mean, like, my own like tackle difficulties, whatever, like this. But like, honestly, as well, I didn't expect to get a deep dive into like further kind of conversations because again, I'm still starting out in this, and I like <laughs> I get a little bit uncomfortable sometimes whenever I can't fully articulate a thing you know or like a certain discussion or whatever like that so i appreciate when oh god somebody... listen back to the first episode of my podcast and it's me <laughs> and a guy called mark and at one point he goes do you want to phrase that like a question and i went <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah do you, want... <laughs> do you want to maybe like make that a little bit like uh recordable <laughs> <laughs> but no honestly like um i don't i like it was I really enjoyed having this conversation with you and honestly uh, appreciate you taking out your time and just you know having a fucking chat with I mean you're on a way to London to get away from all these naughty ones and who's <laughs> the first one to give you a call hear me what's happening uh, <laughs> but for everybody you know for everybody that's been maybe listening to this or hasn't know, you know got to know you beforehand I hope that they get to know you a wee bit more now and uh, if what I mean, you tried to plug it in earlier, but I'll give you a proper time to plug it now. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, if you have like any kind of socials or again, I mean, like the amount of different projects, like where can people find you and where can people keep up with whatever you're doing in from now into the future? So the best place to keep up with what I'm doing is Instagram.com slash Vittorio Angeloni. Get me on Instagram at Vittorio Angeloni. But if you want like an entry point with a really good podcast, if you're obviously already a fan of podcasts, uh, check out No Blacks, No Dogs, No Irish. Literally type that into YouTube and see what happens. No, um, (laughs) we are the first result on it. So just type in No Blacks, No Dogs, No Irish podcast. It's really funny. It's me and my mate Mo. And some English guy who we don't let on camera. Um, and we, <laughs> uh, yeah, we Sorry. chat about race and it's really fun. And it's like, we get into some serious stuff, but we always try and come out the other side with a joke. And it's really good. We come up with our black of the week, Irish of the week and dog of the week every week um, is the structure of the podcast. Um, but if you want more general stuff, Instagram or Twitter, Twitter's that Vittorio. Um, I've been absolutely killing it with the Congress stuff. So go check out the tweets I've made about that because they are funny. <laughs> 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 oh my god but yeah no again just thanks so much and um honestly just um yeah best luck with everything in the future of you uh i can't wait to see where you go from here maybe next time i'll be saying yeah it'll be back in the limelight and maybe that was like a really shit like way to end on but hopefully hopefully i know yeah. honestly, I, I i can't wait to see where you go from here hopefully i'll be able to actually see you live sometime next again 100 percent, 100 thanks so much for having me man <laughs> no worries sir well here have a good one all right <laughs> see you later bye bye Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Finch Reviews. Again, please do remember to support the podcast by giving us a like, subscribe, share, follow on whatever listening platform you're on, as well as getting in touch on socials. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, Pornhub, I don't know. <laughs> um, but it's basically uh, Finch Reviews, Finch Reviews Pod, Finch Reviews Podcast. You'll find me somewhere online if you type in Finch Reviews. And yeah, let me know how I'm getting on. And you can also also give me any suggestions on who you would like to hear me have on the show next until next time 
Thank you so much for tuning in again. And I'll chat to you later. Bye.